Yes, friend. Yes, friend. Ah, yes, friend. Yep, yes, friend. Hello, welcome back, you entities, you things, you filthy little creatures. Welcome back to Discovering SCP with me, Tan Hane, and everyone's favourite guy, Tan Hane. We also have Darnell here. Say hello, Darnell. Hey, uh, listen, Tan Honey, I know you were just telling me how you're worried about being a hero and all, and I think I could take those glasses off of you, if oh, you yeah, like. Oh, yeah, this is, very, this is sort of a dated reference now, but okay, let's opening our SCP podcast of a Spider-Man Far From Home bit. <laughs> hey, those glasses, they're kind of a burden on you, yeah? You're just a kid. Let me take them. Yeah, to God, give me those glasses. by Jake Gyllenhaal? You mean Gyllenhaal? That's what I said. You see, everyone, well, anyone believes I mean, the truth know, these days. <laughs> you, you look and you see that it's not Darnell you were speaking to just now, but a hologram over what appears to be Michael's body. Oh my god. Anyway, what do, we do, on this, what do we do on this podcast, Darnell? Well, right now we're still trying to figure out how Michael died, in theory. Also, hi, I'm Darnell. I just walked in from the other screen. Oh, they have a screen. There's, um, there's a visual element to this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, you guys have to use your imagination to fill it in. If you have the correct um, monitor, you should be seeing <laughs> extraordinary images right now. <laughs> yeah, if you if you actually switch the video to uh, what to what is it, 4K? Gwipsy! <laughs> what the fuck is Gwipsy? You don't have a Gwipsy compatible monitor? I don't know what that means. So you can How see many... the extraordinary images. Listen, until we get to the bottom of what happened to Michael, I think we gotta keep reading. So okay. how many SCPs have you prepped today? Just one. And two tails, actually. <laughs> I tricked you there. <laughs> what a format screw. Yeah. Interesting. I'll kill you for that one. We're continuing on from last week's theme, actually, of antimimedics, because people seem to be down for that, and I liked it. So yes. we're gonna keep going a little bit. Well, every... There was, like, one person who was like, I hope you spread out the anti-memetics, and then there was an overwhelming response of, like, do more anti-memetics. You so see. I think we're on the right track. People's hopes don't come true. That's the lesson I want you to get from our <laughs> podcast. But but you're making the hopes come true. No, but I had to crush someone else's hopes to do it. Damn. Well, you know what they say, uh, the weak will be trampled upon. Exactly. And Pogoni will become the king of this new world. Exactly. The, the, the world is a mountain and only one can stand at its peak, and that's going to be me. This okay. is this is the scene where, like, on this the is, other this, side of the world, the scene Tanhony... where Spider-Man fucking watches me give this evil speech. <laughs> no, this is the scene where on the other side of the world there's, like, an ancient, like archaeologist like studying he's like wait what's that and he starts like scraping the dust off the cave wall and there's a giant like fucking cave painting of Pogoni <laughs> no, <laughs> it can't be <laughs> the prophecy <laughs> the prophecies but then alright how many SCPs do we have today I'm like standing behind it like in the door with my arms folded like leaning against the door where like oh you just couldn't leave well enough alone could you Arnold <laughs> How do you know my name? We have the first article we're reading today is SCP two two five six. Whoa, oh, two two five six. Two two five six. We're going back a generation again. Yeah, we are. We do it every time. It's called very tall things. Um, I'm looking at this, and there's a lot of redacteds in here. It's very strange. It's called very tall things, and it's by Quantum. Classic Quantum. All right. 
I don't uh, get I guess let's slam into it. Yeah. I'm to number. SCP-2256. Object class, you sell it. Special containment procedures. Information about the SCP is subject to a gradual antimimetic corrosion effect. Corrosion occurs at differing rates depending on the level of detail, accuracy in the information, and the physical complexity of the storage medium. In-depth academic papers, photographs, and information stored electronically decay rapidly. Broad descriptions, pencil sketches, and paperwork decay slowly. Therefore, this electronic database should describe the SCP only in broad terms. Detailed information about the SCP's appearance, theorized evolutionary ancestry, biology, diet, behavior, vocalizations, life cycle, intelligence, ecological role, and cultural significance should be stored in hard copy at Site-19, Vault 1053. The rate of corrosion in both data sources should be monitored carefully, although at present no technique is known for halting or undoing such corrosion. Although these enantiomimetic effects linger and rate equal to classification, the SCP itself is extinct and requires no special containment procedures. So, like, it's obviously, well, they said it's extinct just now, and it's obviously an anomaly, but it kind of reminds me of, like, a disease or, like, a, a material more than, like, a, a sentient thing that just, like, corrodes every information piece it touches. And, you know, the image I get in my head, you know that common thing people do in, like, cyber settings where there's, like, the pixels start yeah. falling away to, like, blackness? That's what I imagine with, like, the information. <laughs> that would be the visual here. Like, your cell phone, like, the pixels start falling off. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Let's get into it. Description. Right. The SCP, Cryptomorpho gigantes, is a species of gigafauna, which is endemic to the South Pacific Ocean around the islands of Polynesia. Yes. All right, so immediately fuck my disease idea. It is indeed like a thing. The SCP was one of the very few recorded species known to have developed rudimentary perceptual slash antimimetic camouflage, rendering them nearly impossible for other sentient beings to perceive or remember. This adaptation is theorized to have risen in order to elude predators. SCP... See, this is already a little... So on one hand, it's... Sorry for interrupting you. I mean, I don't know. Should I keep apologizing? I've been doing this for like 48 episodes. Yeah, it's That's like the late. purpose, right? Okay, so like... On one hand, I think that's clever. You know, as I, I used to want to be a biologist, I did that in school for a while. I think it's interesting to, like, adapt or evolve. But if things could evolve anti-mimetic camouflage over time, then why would any other, like, species with, like, normal optical camouflage have not evolved anti-mimetic camouflage? Well, and then know. wouldn't that eventually become a non-anomalous thing? It would just be a thing. How would you know? Exactly, but, but like, my point I, is I mean, once like, how it was would, discovered... How would though? I, that's fair, but I'm saying if they have, then it's no longer anomalous, right? It's just a part of evolution. It can yeah, be explained. Well, anomalous doesn't necessarily... All it means is that it's an anomaly. I thought the whole point of anomalous was that it doesn't make sense scientifically. It's anomalous to, like, the human understanding of reality, I guess. So, I guess. Even though it's not... Like... I don't know. It's just a very interesting and bold mm. take from quantum. But I've learned to trust quantum, so I'm going to stick it out, see where the article goes. We'll see. The SCP was the largest species to have lived on Earth. Resembling spindly, versely elongated giraffes or brachiosauruses, adults of the species grew to over 1,000 meters in height. They weighed no more than 4 tons, with most of their mass being camouflaged by a very, very similar adaptation. With their broad, dish-shaped feet, they were able to walk directly on the surface of the ocean without sinking. The SCP navigated the ocean alone, or in plank, of 2 to as many as 2,000 individuals. They're reluctant to approach land, especially in the inhabited islands, usually staying more than 30 kilometers offshore. Because of their height, they were visible on the horizon at this distance. Also, if this is an extinct species, how are they able to study it to begin with, especially if it was anti-memetic? Maybe they've got corpses. Maybe. 
acquisition. Polynesian natives on the island of Makatiti used a substance called Tuacoca for recreational and religious purposes. As well as being moderate psychedelic, this drug had nestic properties, suppressing anti effects and making entities camouflage in this way easier to see and remember. Thus, the Makatitians were for hundreds of years the only people able to see the SCP. In Makatitian mythology, SCP were, the SCP were wandering spirits whom the gods had charged of maintaining the horizon to ensure that the sky and the water never mixed. They were characterised as well-meaning and friendly, but unintelligent and often deficient in their duties, resulting in storms and typhoons. They were called Poloangaku, the ones who walk very slowly. Oh, I like this like cute idea of like a, a sweet mythology around around these like uh, anomalous creatures. It's nice to see anomalous creatures that aren't just like, "Er, I hate human, I kill human." You know what I mean? They're just dopey, goofy, dumb, goofy, dumb megafauna. <laughs> In 1991, do you think there's some like rat bastard paleontologist who's like, actually, SCP two two five six would have had feathers? It wouldn't have been a reptile. It was Dark. a predecessor to birds. But they'd be right though. <laughs> It's true, probably. <laughs> in 1991, an internal biochemistry study revealed that Tekuka bore a strong chemical resemblance to the Foundation's own Class W Nestic. A Foundation anthropologist was assigned to follow Blank Blank the Mycetian legend and became the first outsider to observe Blank 2256. An observation Blank was quickly blank on the island to study the creatures. Routine containment analysis found that the SCP was safe and required no special containment procedures or even particular Blank Blank secrecy. History. SCP blank immediately proved to be impossible to capture photographically. Photographic negatives of the species fit into transparency over the blank blank a few minutes. Some of the decay blank affected videotape, audio tape, celluloid film, digital and electronic scans blank. The observation team soon returned most of their equipment to an inventory and proceeded using pencils and blank. At the time, it blank believed that such recordings would be effectively permanent. I just realized something. <laughs> These aren't redacteds that the Foundation have put. These are the fucking corrosion of the information, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's so clever! What a clever use of redacteds. Yeah. I knew I should have had more faith in Quantum. Well played. It's very good, very good. The SCP's population declined very slightly good. in 1992 and 1993. That's when they released the first two Spider-Man movies. No, it's not. Why did I say that? Then dropped sharply from 1994 <laughs> onwards. Uh, hey... Everyone, I would like you to take a guess at what movie Tanhony might have watched uh, before Immediately we recorded prior to recording. <laughs> a combination <laughs> of contributing factors were observed. Illness, infertility, and a blank rate of stillbirths. Oof. In 2002, a field generator was developed which could penetrate and neutralize the SCP's antimetic blank, allowing for conventional photography. The first and only close-up photograph of one of the creatures instantly killed it. It was concluded that direct observation of the SCP is injurious to blank. Oh, damn. This adaptation is believed to have arisen as a means of detecting predators, just as the SCP's antimedic camouflage protected them from those certain predators. Use of blank blank generators are immediately curtailed. Oh, so did writing this article kind of kill them off? Well, let's find out. It was subsequently hypothesized that the Foundation's ongoing passive observation of the species was intense enough to have harmful effects on them, and that blank was what was driving the species' blank extinction. Opinions but if that was true, why wouldn't the why wouldn't the uh, what's it called the Makishans have made them go away over time by observing them? Well, that was less intense, I guess. You just sort of looking at them on the horizon. F- fair enough, compared to like writing articles and taking yeah. photos and shit and like studying them. Opinions. Well, but they had legends about them, and those yeah, legends never like, corroded. That was no, that was all like fiction built around them, though. Fair, fair. 
Opinions differed sharply, <coughs> blank, blank, veracity of this hypothesis. Over blank, thoroughly it should be tested, and over what blank be done if it proved to be true. Several extreme options were blank, including blank exterminating blank, blank to preserve the data, and completely expunging the data to preserve blank 2256. No firm conclusions, blank, blank. In 2003, observation of the SCP was scaled back significantly, and the foundation blank focused from gathering blank data to analysing blank data. However, the SCP's population continued to blank. The last individual died near Tukalau, blank, October 30th, 2006. Blank 2010, blank, blank, discovered blank, the antimedic camouflage, blank, also characterised as decay or corrosion, was spreading through paper records of blank, blank. As of blank, more blank, 60% of blank documents are blank, even with blank strong mimetic dose. Mimetic dose, even, sorry. The effect is even blank, 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 SCP entry itself, despite blank, blank, shielding and redundancy in blank system. Since blank, 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 instinct, blank, new data, blank, it can be generated, is blank that full contamination, blah, blah, blank, three to eight years. Um, I see that this is like the leftovers of the species. I was hoping that the paper corroding meant that there was actually one that secretly survived somehow. Oh. Unfortunately not. But honestly, now normally, I mean, this is already an interesting article. But again, this is one of those things where like 2000 kind of kills it. Because why couldn't they, if they have the bodies, just like repopulate and make more of these things with 2000? Why would they do that? Because, well, they were clearly trying to preserve it before. Well, yeah, it's like, 2000 is like a big thing. I mean, it's for humans specifically. Fair, I guess. Either way, this was a very interesting article. I felt like it was cleverly written with the blanks. I wish there was a little more. I don't know what... But the thing is, like, it feels like there should be more, but I can't really pinpoint what I really want from it, because it seems to cover everything. Uh, and it's written competently, it's interesting, um, I just don't know what's missing from it for me, but I'm still going to give this one like a 10 out of 10, I think. Nice, nice, nice. <clears throat> well, you ready give for the next a, one? A vote. What? Yeah, what do you think about this one? Though? I really like this one, it's a nice little bit of antimimetic goodness. Cute, yeah. It's like a little Not everything in SCP has to be a big thing. evil thing. Sometimes it's just a megafauna that be vibin'. Yeah. Alright, so what's this tale you got for me? Next one is Continuing the Antimetics Division series of tales with Case Colorless Green, this one's called, by Quantum. Is this a direct sequel to the last one we read? Yeah. Awesome. Remember what happened previously? Right. Um, well, the joke is that I shouldn't because Antimimetics, yeah. haha, but uh, if I recall correctly... Marion introduced us to the concept by helping out in 05 of what antimimetics are. We saw the guy kill the gray guy, who I keep wanting to call Mr. Fix for some reason. I know it's not Mr. Fix. Uh, <laughs> Alistair Gray, that's what he is. And then um, the last tale we read from them was Marion got the founder of the antimimetics division and like put some shit in him to make him younger and get his memories back that would kill him. And then he was like, wait, I forgot that shit on purpose. Oh, no, and then made a giant monster. And then she took some amnestics, even though she was on nestics, which could fuck up her head. And then, theoretically, the monster was gone or something, and she got picked up. Nice one. <clears throat> yeah. Well, shall we, shall, uh, we get into it? Sir? Why don't you uh, begin, as is of the custom of tales? Now, I've decided it is. <clears throat> sure. Uh, okay. 
Uh, item number, SCP-3125. Object class, Keter. Special containment procedures. SCP-3125 is kept inside Cognito Hazard Containment Unit 3125 on the first floor of Site-41. This containment unit is a 10 meter by 15 meter by 3 meter cuboidal room clad in layers of lead, soundproofing, and telepathic shielding. Access is through an airlock system at one end of the containment unit. This airlock is programmed to allow only one person to enter the containment unit at a time, and to remain locked until this person exits before allowing another person to enter. Under no circumstances may any coherent information be allowed to leave the containment unit. This includes written and electronic notes, photographs, audio and video recordings, sound, electromagnetic and particle-based signals, and psi emanations. During the exit cycle, a purge system rigged to the airlock flushes the occupant's memory by flooding the airlock with amnestic gas for three minutes. A senior antimimetics division staff member must visit the SCP every six weeks, 42 days. End of file. You're kidding me. That's the whole entry? That's the whole entry, Wheeler says. It isn't even the 50th strangest thing Paul Kim has seen in the database. Hey, Paul Kim came back! But still, no description, no acquisition report, no test log, no addenda? No clue who built the unit, or when, or how many times it's been visited, or who carried out the previous visits, or what they took in with them, or how long they were in there? Well, obviously Bart Hughes built the unit, Wheeler says, and this cannot be denied. The man's signature style of containment architecture is recognizable a mile out. Sleek, white, plainly impregnable without the aid of extremely heavy tools. Which makes it at least seven years old. That's sixty visits or more. I guess there are good reasons for the rest of those omissions. Anyway, the timer watchdog says it's time again. I don't like the idea of you routinely exposing yourself to a cognito hazard so dangerous that we can't even write the reason why we can't write it down down, Kim says, especially because it's impossible for us to recover any usable information this way. You're going to go in, be incommunicado for two hours, and come out a smiling amnesiac. What do we gain from that? It's just a breach risk. Well, obviously they have to do it for a reason, my guy. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it wouldn't be in there. Classic Kim Paul. Wheeler hears every word of this and elects to ignore it all. There's a vague shape of familiarity about the entry as written. There are a few word choices which reassure her in an intangible way, that it was written by someone who knew what they were doing. Possibly her. Kim's still talking. We should just scrub that last line from the database entry. There can't be anything good in that room. Wheeler puts her keycard in the slot. The airlock rewards her with green LEDs and begins to cycle open. It, oh, wait. Do you think Kim might fucking erase the line while she's in there because she won't remember? That'd be fucked up. That would be fucked up. It's built as a slender vertical cylinder with a single opening. Opening. The entire thing rotates on its axis. Inside, there's barely any room, barely room for a single person to stand without their shoulders touching the walls. What are you taking? Kim asks. Wheeler ducks to step in, turns to face him, and shrugs. A stick of gum. I can get you field gear. Kim says as the airlock begins to rotate again, emitting a low, quiet thrum solely as an audible warning that there's machinery in motion. We'll raid inventory. Give me fifteen minutes, and I'll turn you into a one-woman war. Fucking. Didn't, isn't he supposed to be super experienced, or is this implying that he still lost his memory from that last well, incursion with Alistair? Yeah, he wasn't getting it back. He had to learn it all again. Okay, so that explains why he's like... I kind of like that, because it gives us a reason why this guy's important, but also basically has to ask the questions the audience would be asking, hmm. if that makes sense. If Wheeler says anything in response to this, it's cut off by the soundproofing as the airlock rotates. Kim is left alone in the antechamber. He stares at the outer door for a worried moment. He presses his ear to the door for a while, but hears nothing. Not even a faint tremble from the airlock mechanism. Uh, inside, it's pitch dark for a few seconds. Then some unseen, detec unseen sensor detects Wheeler's presence and brings the fluorescence up. Half of them, anyway. The others remain inert or flicker aggravatingly. 
The room's interior walls are made from milky white glass, bulletproof knowing hues, and plastered with paperwork, taped and blue tacked up in vaguely coherent masses. When there, where there is no paperwork, people have drawn directly on the walls in marker pen. There is a conference table, long and elliptical, covered with more paperwork and a tangle of laptop computers and serpentine power supply cables. Power has returned to the machines, and they are slowly booting. A data projector warms up and shines a map of the world over the far wall, almost lining up with a network of scribbled annotations on the same wall. Post-it notes of all colors litter the carpet like autumn leaves. Other than that, the room is empty. Skimming the paperwork, Wheeler discovers that nearly all of it is handwritten, and most of it charts the progress of conversations. Most of the entries are dated and signed, and most of the dates are weeks apart. The conversations are panicked and fearful back-and-forths about dozens of SCPs, some of them anti-memetic in nature, but none of them obviously related to one another. None of the notes mention SCP-3125. The only name Wheeler recognizes is her own, which appears on 1 in 10 or 20 of the notes. The notes seem authentic, and the handwriting is hers, but her notes also seem as desperate and uncertain in tone as everyone else, everybody else's. This unnerves her. There are diagrams on the walls, too, which are too complex to decode at a glance, but complex enough to make her eyes hurt to look at them. Still lost for a logical entry point to the data, Wheeler curses all of her predecessors. Asynchronous research, whereby the research topic is forgotten entirely between iterations and rediscovered over and over, is a perfectly standard practice in the anti-memetics division, and her people ought to be better trained than this. There should be an obvious single document to read first, which makes sense of the rest. A primer. Marion, it's me. Wheeler recognizes the voice as her own. She moves around the table until she finds the laptop making the noise. There's a video playing, apparently recorded on the laptop's own camera in this room. The Marion Wheeler in the video is seated, and looks unfamiliar in a way which takes the one watching a moment to put her finger on. Not exhausted, not sick, not physically injured. She's seen herself that way before in the mirror. This woman's willpower is gone. She's beaten. You've guessed already that SCP-3125 is not in this room, she says. In fact, this is the only room in the world where SCP-3125 is not present. It's called inverted containment. SCP-3125 pervades all of reality, except for volumes which have been specifically shielded from its influence. This is it. This is our only safe harbor. This room represents the length and breadth of the war. Every competent anti-memetics research project finds 3125's fingerprints sooner or later. It manifests all over the world in thousands of different forms. Most of them aren't even anomalous. Some of them we already have cataloged separately in the main database. A very small number of them are even in containment. Impossibly virulent cults, broken arithmetic, invisible spiders, yeah, invisible spiders as tall as skyscrapers, people born with extra organs which nobody can see, that's the raw data. Those manifestations are troublesome enough to deal with in their own right. So this is a big, uh, ever-present anti-memetic that may be responsible for at least a large number of SCPs and anomalies. Mm. So I assume if they were to figure out how to ever defeat it, they could significantly take a huge load off the SCP Foundation. The wheeler in the video casts around, picks up a bright green felt tip pen and a blank piece of paper. She begins drawing a shape which isn't visible from the camera's perspective, while still talking. But once you get a little further down the road, you start to see a pattern emerging in the data. You need to have the training in memetic science, but once you have that training, and you have the data in front of you, it only takes a little extra effort to arrange those data points in conceptual space and draw a contour through them. Those data points are on SCP-3125's hole. Those manifestations are the shadows it casts on our reality. You link four or five different SCPs together into a single shape, and you see it. And it sees you. She's still drawing. It's detailed. She doesn't look up, and her tone of voice is distant, almost as if she's narrating the tail end of a frightening children's story. When that happens, when you make eye contact, it kills you. It kills you, and it kills anybody who thinks like you. Physical distance doesn't matter. It's about mental proximity. 
Anybody with the same ideas, anybody in the same headspace. It kills your collaborators, your whole research team. It kills your parents. It kills your children. You become absent humans, human-shaped shells surrounding holes in reality. And when it's done, your project is a hole in the ground and nobody knows what 3125 is anymore. It is a black hole in anti-memetic science, consuming unwary researchers and yielding no information, only detectable through indirect observation. A true description of what 3125 is, or even an allusion to what it is, constitutes a containment breach and a lethal indirect cognito hazard. Is this in reference to the crazy beast she released from her boss? That that was one of those manifestations that said, yeah, the spider's tools the skyscraper. Oh. oh, shit. Do you see? It's a defense mechanism. This information-swallowing behavior is just the outer layer, the poison coating. It protects the entity from discovery while it infests our reality. And as years pass, the manifestations will continue, growing denser and knitting together, until the whole world is drowning in them, and everybody will be screaming, why did nobody realize what was happening? And nobody will answer, because everybody who realized was killed by this system. Do you see it, Marion? See it now? I'm going to popcorn it to you, because my nose is getting stuffy. Wheeler is at the core of Foundation Antimimetic Science. She had all the raw data readily accessible. There are extensive written calculations on the walls, but she doesn't need to read them. She can do them in her head. All it took was the slightest push, that slightest suggestion. Staring through the laptop screen, eyes wide and defocused, she understands how it all links together. She sees SCP-3125. She feels dwarfed by it. She has encountered terrible, powerful ideas before at every level of Meletacity and subdued them or even recruited them. But what she's picturing now is another order of magnitude from what she knew to be possible. Now she knows it there, she can feel it like cosmic radiation, boring coals in the world with its thousands of manifestations and freely laying waste to anybody who recognises the larger pattern. It's not of reality, not of humanity. It's from a higher, worse place, and it is descending. The Maybe old... some kind of eldritch god? Mm. Like, feels kind of Lovecraftian. The other wheeler presents her finished diagram. She has drawn a mutated, fractally complex, grasping hand with eye-fold symmetry. It has no wrist or arm, just five long human fingers pointing in five directions. At its core, there's a pentagonal no. opening, which could be a mouth. <laughs> Dan, is this the god hand? <laughs> it's a starfish, my friend. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's five fingers in five directions of a mouth in the middle. Oh, yeah! Oh, fuck. But the why di- is there a giant starfish? And why do I feel like that's vaguely something I've heard memed about in the community? Don't worry about it. <laughs> But the diagram was already there. It's plastered across the wall in the background of the video, plain as day, a meticulous collage in green, easily two metres in diameter, and showing the same meme complex to a hundred times the level of detail. There are smaller diagrams of different elevations arranged around it like spores, and its arms are spread wide around the seated Wheeler, who sits directly in front of the mouth with her back to it. Wheeler, watching, does not realise this, and does not turn around. How do you fight an enemy without ever discovering it exists? The Wheeler in the video asks... How do you win without even realising you're at war? What do we do? Seven years ago, there were more than 400 antimimetics research groups worldwide. Government agencies, military branches, private corporations, university projects. Most Many of them were GOIs or subdivisions of GOIs. We were allied with most of them. We were at the spearhead of an antimimetics coalition which spanned the whole globe and thousands upon thousands of people. None of those groups still exist. The last one ceased to exist sometime in the last 72 hours. Oh, that's so creepy. Uh, how would she know that compared to the last time she visited if it was 42 days ago? Mm. Or does she mean 72 hours from her last visit? Yeah, I assume so. 
three years ago, Foundation Antimimetics was an organization of more than 4,000 people. Now it's 90. There's no war. We've lost the war. It's over. This is the mopping up operation. The only reason we still exist at all is because we have better antimimetic chemistry than anybody else in the world. Because that's all you can do when you see SCP-3125. Run away and try to forget what you saw, seek oblivion in chemicals or alcohol or head trauma. And even that can't work every time. It's circling in. We meet it over and over again and we don't realise it. There's no way we can stop ourselves from rediscovering it. We're too damn smart. She points at something on the wall, out of view of the laptop's camera. Wheeler, watching, turns to look in an upper corner of the room. There's an constellation of dizzyingly complicated schematics. Bart Hughes' initials are on every page. There's a machine we could build. All it would take is eight years, a lab as big as West Virginia, and all the money in the world. Nothing that the O5 Council would blink at if we went to them. But how do we build that machine? How would the O5 Council get all the money in the world? Because they... <laughs> the, the ridiculous. But how do we build that machine? They would without... simply scoop it up with their money vacuum. <laughs> but how do we build that machine without any of us realizing what it's for? It would be like building and launching Apollo 11 without a single engineer deducing that the moon existed. The logistics would be insane, but the secrecy would be well past impossible. Somebody would start asking questions, and then it would be over. So, what do we do? Find another way, Wheeler says to the unhearing recording. The fatalistic tone of voice makes her angry. What the hell's wrong with you? I could tell everybody to walk away. I could send a little message to myself saying there's danger down this road. You should disband the antimedics division and pursue other projects. But I'd be suspicious. I'd start asking questions and then it would be over. Wheeler's now crouched in front of the video, trying to understand what she's watching. What's wrong, Marion? Are you okay? I could kill myself in here, the recording says. But my team would find SCP-3125 without me and then they'd have to fight it without me. It's going to happen soon. Oh my god, I just realised... Remember when I said, what if Kim erases that last line while she's gone earlier? <laughs> the next oh god, what if he does? Is... We're so fucked. This year, it will be over. I may die in here anyway. I'm on so many amnestic drugs that my endocene system is shutting down. Taking amnestics at the same time is the chemical equivalent to epitation. I don't remember the last time I slept without having a nightmare about Adam, and I'm starting to forget whether 4987 is a real thing, or just the number I gave to my life. You're not like this, Wheeler Whispers. What? You're stronger than this. What happened to you? Who's Adam? Wait, is it... What's SCP-4987? That was the thing she meant. That's her stand, remember? <laughs> oh, her, like, special ability? Yeah. I don't know how... Why to... doesn't she simply have her dog eat the starfish? <laughs> I don't know how we survive <laughs> this. I, I don't know how we win. We're the last ones in the world. After us, there's nobody. Wheeler shakes her head, not believing it. So I'm done, and I'm going to walk out of this door and forget who I am, and then I'm going to be you, Marion, and you troll have to figure out a way out of this, because I can't. She gets up and moves off screen. I don't know. She gets up and moves off screen. She can be heard breathing deeply. Her speech is starting to distort. God, my eyes hurt. I think you're starting infamiliar inside. So this is a reference I just realized when I'm reading it. That is like the weird speech that's from Star Signal's book there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. There's the sound of a door opening, no. and then a piercing pulse of sound and light which terminates the recording. Popcorn. Bruh. <laughs> Wheeler stares at the dark screen for a long minute. She's never seen herself so weak, and it damages her ego a great deal to see that it's possible. She feels disconnected from what she saw. Like it happened in an alternate universe. She feels repulsed, or revulsed, sorry, and appalled by that version of her. More so to know that that version is still inside her somewhere. It 
doesn't make sense. I'm looking at all the same facts. What made her give up? What did she know that I don't? Who was Adam? Oh god, Adam was the fucking, the guy, right? The, the former founder? Mm, I don't think so. That was Bart Hughes, wasn't it? Oh, no, no, no yeah, yeah. yeah. Was I, don't think, I don't think his name was Adam. Oh. The answer to this question is so obvious and sickening that she instinctively distrusts it. She circles around the answer, probing it, trying to find reasons to reject it, but it's inescapable. Adam was someone she knew when the video was recorded, now completely removed from her memory. Adam was someone the thought of whose safety paralyzed her with fear. Someone in the headspace. Same headspace. Someone she couldn't bear to lose. And then she lost. But what if... But how'd the room get built in the first place? Anybody's guess. Wheeler imagines Hughes building it as a proof of concept, followed by a cascading series of lucky chances, which led to it becoming the War Room. Someone discovered 3125 at random. While sealed in the room, they wrote notes to themselves, which set up the skeletal external SCP database entry. Uh, the containment procedures, most of the paperwork and computer hardware, was left behind by later visitors. It could have happened. But what if there's another room? Unbidden, a cute factoid comes back to her right then. Site 41 is almost completely vacant. In particular, 200 meters below Site 41, there's an empty, heavy engineering lab, an underground complex the size of a hockey stadium, self-contained, in pristine condition, totally disused. Sealed up, original purpose forgotten. Nobody has entered it in living memory, built who knows how many decades back by a dead generation of anti-memeticists. What if that's where we built our weapon? Do I really believe I'm that smart, that my team and I had that much foresight, that we got that lucky? She turns to look at the airlock, running the numbers in her head. Anti-Memetics Division staff, other than me, 38. 42 days until the next iteration. That's past the end of the year. It'll be too late. If I leave this room now, I will never be back. The plan I have now is the best that plan there's ever going to be. We're the last ones in the world. After us, there's nobody. But she's going to forget everything when she leaves. Mm. So, like, what can she even do? I know. Like, what the fuck? It's a bad situation. Kim is so deeply buried in work at his terminal, and the airlock is so quiet that he almost doesn't notice when it starts to cycle open again. We need to check you for notes, he begins, but then he sees that Marion Wheeler is curled up in the bottom of the narrow cylinder, panting as though she just finished a marathon run. Kim holds a hand out, but she shakes her head, electing to stay lying down, knees bent up to her chest, sucking down lungfuls of air. What in the world happened in there, Kim asks. Just need, she gasps, to breathe. Be okay in a second. Ah. <sighs> I think I blacked out for a moment. I might have inhaled some. Uh, I think I'm okay. I remember the plan. Kim looks confused and worried for a second. Then they replace him. You shouldn't be able to remember anything. What did you do? Hit my head, Wheeler says, then goes back to concentrating on breathing properly. She suddenly becomes acutely aware that Kim has her effectively cornered. Disliking this configuration for reasons which she's only gradually putting back together, she levers herself up to one shoulder and tries to stand. Kim puts a hand on her shoulder and pushes her back down. You look terrible, he says. There's something it'll fleth your neck. Do you see that? He points at her throat, then taps the same spot on his own. What? On your neck! I neft lie, you've been infected by whatever was in there. We need to act quickly! He reaches for his keyring and unthreads a Swiss army knife and unfolds a short, gleaming blade. He does this in such a methodical, ordinary way that Wheeler almost forgets to react when he leans down towards her to cut her throat. Almost. She grips his wrist. They're locked like that for a moment, a tableau. She looks into Paul Kim's eye, but it isn't his eye anymore. She squints, wondering if she's making eye contact with anything but a hole in space. She already feels the force bearing down on her own skull, trying to drill into it, but she knows its shape, and that means she can hold out. Maybe for a few minutes. She'd hoped, prayed that Kim would not succumb so quickly. In a crazed little way, she thought there would be at least a sign, a theatrical doubling over as his mind was wrenched out of its socket. Kim's wrist spasms as he tries to lunge with his knife. 
Wheeler parries, and its tip glances off the airlock interior wall with a screech. They scuffle for an awkward second, then she boots Kim in the stomach with both feet, sending him sprawling in the antechamber. She launches out of the airlock, dives over him, and sprints away from the containment unit. She feels 3125 following her as she runs, like a spotlight. She hears a crash in another part of the site, as the first piece of ceiling caves in. Oh. Oh, it's over already. Oh, they lost. It seems it's over. Kim! <laughs> Damn, I gotta upvote that. That was a really good fucking tale. I'm giving that a 12 out of 10. I love how casual I, I wish I had more, like... I wish I had more, like, smarty pants things to say about why it's so good, but I don't know, man. It's just fucking good. It's well-written. There's always, it's like, clever. a cool it's new idea in every one of these stories. Yeah. There's always... They're always playing off... Quantum's always playing off their own ideas and, like, adding something new and fun and interesting without ever making it completely hopeless that's i think that's what really kills it because so many scps are like sorry you're just fucked that's it but all of these are like you should be fucked the audience we the readers are like we're fucked and marion's like but actually i'm going to use plan z and then she fucking finds something out i don't so, know well, it's, it's like cool just sort it's of betting that she's already come up with plan z <laughs> St- still though it's inherently entertaining I think. And there's just something about the way it's written. I don't think that uh, would do I, well, because I, I would not trust myself to have come up with a plan. Yeah, honestly, I would have fucking offed myself in that 3125 thing. I would have been like, fuck this shit. Yeah, but I, would I don't just want to live leave. in a world where starfish eats me. I'd bring some... I'd, <laughs> just I'd, not I'd, leave. I'd leave a note to bring some snacks in. <laughs> just sit down <laughs> and wait. Oh yeah, what's to stop you from writing a sticky note about bring snacks and putting it on the elevator and sending it up, as long as it's not info about the SCP? But there's the risk, like, that you could somehow deduce from that. Because, <laughs> like, I think what uh... happened with Kim is that he was, like, thinking about it as she went in, and he figured it out at some point while she was in there. No. And that's how, how it got him. Him summer. All right. I kind of made my head all dizzy when I was doing the heavy breathing part when she came up, so I'm going to let you start reading this one. I assume we're going to your last first day, right? Yeah, yeah. by Quantum, of course. That'd be really weird if it's just the last right. entry because it's the last part of the original Antimedics Division series. Is this the act? Is this the last tale? Think of this as like finale of like season one. <laughs> okay, so there's multiple seasons at work here. There's a second series, yeah, but we're gonna be doing this one for today. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll probably take a break from Antimedics yeah. for a little bit, yeah, because we still don't know who the fuck killed Michael. Don't we? Let's get into it. <laughs> Marion Wheeler is curled in the corner of the Site-41's main freight elevator, descending, clutching a shiny red ray gun almost as long as she is tall. The gun has a two-tined prong instead of a barrel, and its stock is a weirdly asymmetrical mass of pipework, more like a Swiss watch or a small intestinal trap than a weapon. The gun is SCP-7381, so uh, don't forget that number, guys. And it comes from a long dead... Oh, you're making a joke because it hasn't happened yet? (laughs) And it comes from a long-dead planet. Not too distant a planet when all said and done, which conventional astronomy has yet to observe. A tornado of violence and destruction is tearing through Site-41 and through the minds of everybody working at Site-41. Ceilings are being brought down. The Site-4 armacy is a sucking hole at the side of the building. The armory is buried. That's where it should go through Area 9 is now toting anomalous weaponry instead. The Antimetics Division operatives she meets in the corridors are all broken. Some of them curled up and raving while their minds evaporate and they die one merit at a time. Some infected with a collection of ideas that's compelling to shout guttural phrases in strange language and to procure blades, never guns, and work on those demented victims and each other and themselves. 
Wheeler doesn't recognise any of the people. The faces are all wrong, torn up with hatred and misery and vindictive glee. She'd been trying to avoid fighting, but she'd had to kill one man in self-defence. Fired at his heart, the SCP-7381 simply raised a half-metre-wide cylinder of matter, removing his upper torso and lower jaw. He fell to the ground in four pieces. SCP-7381's beam is invisible, silent, and recoilless. It was like using a child's toy gun. Why don't they fucking use this shit on Abel? Or or 682? It wouldn't work. It would would regenerate. If you destroy all the matter of his body? It's a half-metre-wide cylinder. Oh, fair. But what about with Abel? I feel like this would be way easier with Abel than using their conventional weaponry. Yeah, he always does, but, like, they always struggle to kill him. It's so much work. Why not just point this at his head? He would simply dodge it. (laughs) (laughs) Abel-sama! You are impressive. Mm, Using my own weapon against me. (laughs) We'll meet again on the fields of Hungary. (laughs) Why Hungary? I don't know. Oh, right, isn't that... Was that where he fought what's his face? No, the six eight two in the Oh, I don't even know then. I just fought over country. Okay, let's oh. get back to it. Wheeler is petrified, yeah. but more than that, angry. This is too much, she says out loud, willing her heart rate back under control. I can't deal with this. I shouldn't have to deal with this. It's my fucking first day. Oh, oh god, is this a loop? This is a loop. <laughs> well, she's lost the memories there, basically. But how much sense does uh, that make? Oh no, she's like Kim Paul back in Alistair Gray. <laughs> but how much sense does that make? Wheeler studies her reflection in the dark glass of the elevated control panel, and she tours the interior of her own skull, examining her thought processes. There are hints there, which would be difficult to articulate to someone who didn't know her as well as she knows herself. She isn't thinking like a newbie. She's instinctively breaking the problem apart the way an experienced Foundation operative should. Hell, a newbie wouldn't even know how to carry out a detailed psychological self-examination of this kind. A newbie wouldn't even think of it. A newbie would just suffocate. The first thing it did when it saw me, she explains to her reflection, was eat everything I knew about the division and everything I knew about it. If I had a plan, it ate the plan. But I'm still me, so I can come up with that plan again. It's already right in front of me. I just need to see it. If I were me, what would my plan have been? Why is Marion so fucking cool? This shit needs to be like a comic or a show. I know, it's so good. That'd be so dope. It's She's... so good. Quantum, why are you not making fucking a billion dollars off your writing right now? You are so good. She scratches absently at her left wrist. Taking some hardcore nestic drugs would have been a smart first step, I guess, she mutters. Reinforcing my mind so that it can't erase the rest of the steps. Damn. The nearest source of nestic medicine is the site pharmacy, but it's already been destroyed. In any case, the elevator is headed down, away with it. Away from it. No, stop. The pharmacy's been destroyed? How do I know that? Well, because she was there. She remembers finding the pharmacist crushed to death beneath a fallen medical cabinet, her skull an unrecognizable splatter of scarlet. Imagine, like, having, like, oh, God. Cthulhu attacking your building and you die from a cabinet falling on you. <laughs> oh, come on. They would mark that off as a Cthulhu kill for, for your dignity, wouldn't they? Because the cabinet only fell on you because of Cthulhu. She remembers the floor being torn away beneath her feet and only making barely making out of that portion of the building alive. She remembers. A modular package coloured safety orange with an enormous black Z on it. Her heart nearly stops at this. Oh god, what did I do? She remembers the dozens of warning signs covering the package. She remembers the three-factor authorization procedures she had to follow to get into the sealed container where it was stored. She remembers the centimetre-thick book of medical advisory information, which she discarded, and rolling her left sleeve back, she finds a fresh needle mark of a speck of blood and remembers administering the injection. This was my plan? 
This is what it takes to fight the SCP-3125. I've killed myself. Class Z Mestics are the last word in biochemical memory fortification. Class Z Mestics permanently destroy the subject's ability to forget. The result is perfect eidetic memory and perfect immunity to artificially strong. I assume there's some side effects such as there's the shit we need to forget. <laughs> also, wait, does that imply to the starfish as well? Is that why the starfish is eating everything and killing everyone? Like, I think it was already doing that. Right, right, but like, especially now that she can't forget about it? Probably, yeah. The dose is taking effect now. Willa didn't read the book because she already knew every word of it. She knows everything that's about to happen to her. She can already feel her mind hardening like steel, and the developing symptoms of extreme sensory overload. She can see everything. There Man, are... I hope Marion gets a peaceful fucking retirement. There are extra buttons on the elevator control panel, the lowest of which, the 30th floor below ground level, she somehow already pushed. The walls of the elevator are covered with graffiti scrawled by the desperate and dying, people whose conceptual presence was eradicated from reality years earlier by the Alistair Grey antimatic kill agents, reducing them to the level of ghosts. Oh god, you can all see the shit now. In one corner of the freight elevator, there's even a half-corpse, unidentifiable. So many layers removed from reality that not even flies can smell it. It sells winking out of existence asymptotically over the course of years. There's a fistful of tiny white worms exploring the floor of the elevator car, near where she's sitting. Revolted, Wheeler shuffles back from them, shaking one or two more of them out of her hair. The worms are among the most widespread and successfully antimetically cloaked organisms in the world. They are everywhere, in every biome, in every room. No. Oh, this is the worst, and she took the Z. Never take the Z, guys. <laughs> you don't want to know about the worms. <laughs> She can hear it. I love that, because that could be an entire SCP. It's a sentence here. Imagine trying to go to bed just covered in these gross-ass worms You'll and never you know. can't unsee them. <laughs> she Ugh. can hear a long, alarming drone noise. A continual roaring which has the texture of ambient noise and is continually getting louder. It's as if it's been there for her entire life, and it's only now that she's begun to hear it. It's too much Wait danger. a minute, didn't Lon Ling write an SCP about worms that like eat shit like memories or something? Maybe. Or any substance, remember. anyway? I think something. We did it on one of our streams. It's quite different, though. Yeah, Lonling, if you edit this, let us know. Put a put a text thingy over it. It's too much data, too much sound, too much light. Having her eyes open is like jamming them full of needles. She clamps her hands over her ears and screws her eyes up. Even like this, she feels the vibration of the elevator's slow descent and the heat of the failed air conditioning and the movement of her clothes on her skin. And meanwhile, her flood is vision vision is flooding instead of what could be hallucinations. The human sensorium routinely generates huge amount of data, and the human brain is adapted to discard almost all of that data nearly immediately. Altering the brain's behaviour to retain that data is extremely dangerous even for very short time spans. Wheeler takes one hand away from her ear just long enough to punch the metal wall of the elevator car, bludging two knuckles. The pain gives her a focal point, a memory which screams a little louder than the rest. And she finds the plan. She doesn't remember it, she bootstraps it from first printer spools in a handful of minutes, just like she's done a hundred times before. I know how to beat you, she says. No, SCP-3125 <laughs> you don't. Why does SCP-3125 act like you? <laughs> is that the big reveal of the podcast? Is your 3125 or is 3125 the one behind Michael's death? <laughs> the elevator stops at the 30th floor below ground and its doors grind open. They wait open for a long time. Further up the elevator shaft, there are the distant rumbles of more parts of Site Warp 41 being reduced to crumbs. Still crouched in the corner, Wheeler mutters, SCP-3125 doesn't have a voice. 
Of course I do, it replies. SCP-3125 is a five-dimensional anomalous metastasized mass of bad memes <laughs> and bad anti-memes and everything in between. Bad memes. It isn't coherent oh. and it isn't intelligent. It can't communicate. This is an auditory hallucination. SCP-3125 scoffs. You know what I hate most about you, Marion? You're consistently eternally wrong, and yet you're still alive. All those lost battles, every year of that entire lost war, but somehow you always cobble together enough dumb luck to walk away unscathed. The eternal sole survivor. You don't deserve that kind of luck. Nobody does. While it's talking, Wheeler leans hard on the ray gun to get to her feet. She lodges one shoulder against the wall of the elevator car, still with her eyes closed. She braces herself and opens her eyes. The corridor ahead is empty. There's an airlock at the far end, this one large enough to drive a truck through, built from ultra-toughened white metal alloy in Bart Hughes' established style. There's a panel beside the airlock. She closes her eyes again and hobbles forward, using the ray gun as a crutch, stretching one hand out ahead of her as guidance. Someone has to be last, she says, gritting her teeth. Someone has to be the best. Your team Hold is... on, can we pause for a moment? Yeah. That fucking line is really good. Yeah. <laughs> that is the line in the action movie. The character like looks up, he says, Someone has to be the last. Someone has to be the best. And then Batman fucking kills one of Joker's henchmen for no reason. <laughs> I don't know. And then he goes to Joker like, If I kill you, I'll be the same as you. What'd you say you cut out? And then he goes to the actual Joker. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not like you. <laughs> After he killed the henchmen. <laughs> always like that. Yeah, the anti-me made him forget about all the henchmen he's killed. <laughs> he can't your, remember. Your team is dead, the SCP-3125 says. The minds have been pulled out like eyeballs. The hollow people with holes in space where their brains were. were. The war is over. Finally. It's just you, Mario, a division of one. Dying from Nestic overdose 200 meters underground. Cared for by no one. Known to exist to no one. Up against an immortal, unkillable idea. Wheeler reaches the airlock and fumbles blindly with the panel until she finds the slot for her keycard. For a few seconds, it seems as if nothing's happening. Then a yellow light flashes. The enormous mechanicals interlocks, unlatch, and the door cycles open with all the force of a flower's petals unfurling. Noise, Hughes always held, is a symptom of imperfect engineering. I I assume this the the, the actual SCP-3125 is something different, right? Well, yeah, I don't. Think, I I in my head, this isn't this year's right, and this is like a hallucination. Well, still, like, I feel so bad for any, <laughs> whatever SCP shares the 3125 oh, well. number, because, like, how does it compete with this? Well, maybe we'll find out later. Behind her, she mm. hears the freight elevator close up and return to ground level, and she knows that someone has summoned it, intending to pursue her. Ideas can be killed, she says, stepping into the airlock. How? With better ideas. As the airlock cycles close, so does the hermetic seal. SCP-3125 is shut out. I thought the whole point in the first tale was that ideas couldn't be killed. But now she has changed her mind. She can replace them. This is her character development. This is her development arc. <laughs> if something can cross over from conceptual space into reality, taking physical form... Oh, actually, popcorn, because I've been reading for quite a while, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if something can cross over from conceptual space into reality, taking physical form, then something can cross in the opposite direction. It must be possible to take a physical entity, mechanically extract the idea which it embodies, amplify that idea, and broadcast it up into conceptual space. A bigger idea. A better idea. One designed specifically to fight SCP-3125. An ideal. A movement. A hero. 
Machine Wheeler needs to build is the size of an Olympic stadium, and she doesn't have a fraction of the heavy memetic engineering experience to do it, let alone the material resources at the time. But she knows, someone taught her, she doesn't remember who, that an anti-memetics division operative is as good on their first day as they're ever likely to be. And the same must be true to the division of the division as a whole. She tells herself, We won this war on the day it began. When we encountered 3125 for the first time, we built this bunker. Bart Hughes faked his death and sequestered himself here so we could work uninterrupted while the rest of the division held on for as long as humanly possible, buying time for this moment. I know this is what I did because it's what I would have done. I'm the final component. He's waiting for me. Oh, and it fits because all these stories have built her up as a hero. Oh my god. Tan. Tan. I can't handle this. It's so good. Every fucking tale leads into the next. It's all strung together so good. It's all conceptually fits together like a puzzle. God, Quantum is killing it. Why is this not the most popular series on the website? Tell me that right now. I should be. I'm truly baffled. This is fucking amazing writing. The space beyond the airlock is gigantic, structured and lit like an aircraft hangar and filled with hot, stale, dry air. Wheeler, still mostly blind, stumbles forward across an expanse of more than a hectare of flat, dusty epoxy flooring. Hughes! She shouts into the void. It's time! Nothing comes back but at the echo. She glances up for a second. The space is empty. The castle-sized memetic amplification slash broadcasting unit, which Bart Hughes was meant to be building, is absolutely absent. Hughes himself is absent. Maybe the entire machine is anti-memetically cloaked, she wonders momentarily. It would be a smart way to conceal the operation, even from the rest of the Foundation. But her brain is curdling on the strongest nestic drugs ever manufactured. There's genuinely nothing here. Almost nothing. At the center of the space, there's a small outpost, a group of trestle tables with tools and toolboxes scattered about the place. Parked behind it is an unmarked military truck with flat tires. On the back of the truck is a squat, squarish machine the size of a shipping containment container with unshielded wiring and exposed pipework, and a long cable leading to a heavy-duty control panel on the floor. To the untrained eye, it is not at all clear what the machine is designed to do. It's the anti-memetic equivalent to a hydrogen bomb, the division's answer to a site nuclear warhead. Activated, it would contaminate Site-41 and everything and everyone on it with anti-memetic radiation. Is that the same thing What's-His-Face was telling her yeah. about? Yeah, it's a memetic bomb. There would be no Site-41 and no division afterwards. No- nothing any of the escaping infectious staff did could have any effect on the real world. It's the wrong machine. It can't destroy or contain 3125 or even injure it. All it can do is sterilize today's outbreak. The other symptoms will persist. 50 or 10 or 5 years from now, or maybe 1 year, or maybe tomorrow, 3125 will return, bringing with it its MK-class end-of-the-world scenario. Human civilization will be entirely eradicated as an abstract concept and be replaced with something unimaginably worse. There will be no one to fight it. Wheeler leans there on the ray gun for a long moment. The pressure of information in her mind continually increases, reaching a point where she can't take it anymore, and she starts to break. The Class Z has been in her system for long enough now that she knows for a fact she has irreversible brain damage. There is no antidote. She'll be lucid for another hour, then spend the remaining two or three hours of her life vegetative. That's right, she thinks. It's almost a relief. This is good. This is right. I've survived too long. I forgot what universe this was. For a while there, I thought maybe this was the universe where we win sometimes. The agony in her head is like an ice axe now. She drops the ray gun with a clatter, sinks to her knees, lies down, and waits for either death or a better idea. A being superficially resembling Paul Kim arrives at the outer airlock door. It examines the airlock uncomprehendingly for a few moments, then finds the keycard slot. It hunts methodically through Kim's pockets, then remembers the keycard around its neck. The airlock cycles once more, and not Kim goes through it. Behind it, the freight elevator is returning to ground level a third time to fetch the rest. 
In the next room, the being which is not Paul Kim finds Wheeler, unconscious, with the ray gun dropped beside her. There is also a military truck, which it disregards. Not Kim lets its keycard fall from its fingers and scoops up the ray gun. For a moment, Hen contemplates the unconscious Wheeler, then examines at the gun itself, remembering how it works. It turns back to face the airlock and fires, punching fat cylindrical holes in the white metal of the inner door until it's gone. Then the outer door, too, breaching the hermetic seal. A faint smile returns to Not Kim's face, as SCP-3125 and its familiar comforting signals flood into the bunker. A dozen more non-people are arriving by freight elevator, former anti-memetics division bodies. I found her, Not Kim calls out to them. It drops the ray gun where it's standing, as if it simply forgot that it had been carrying anything, and pulls out its knife again. It holds the knife between two fingers, in a casual, offhand sort of way, as if it were a pencil or screwdriver. The infected non-people gather with Not Kim around Wheeler, looking down at her with alien expressions of disgust or pity or malice. Why isn't she opening up properly? Someone asks. She can't meet them unless she wants the signals. Start with her eyes, says someone else. It'll make the rest of her easier to correct. Not Kim leans down to start work, then hesitates, its knife a few centimeters from Wheeler's eye. She's whispering something, so quietly that only can hear her clearly. None of this happened, Paul. She says, You and I never existed. There is no anti-memetics division. There's a sharp click as the bomb finishes its powering up sequence. Nobody in the room can hear this but Wheeler. Nobody in the room can perceive the bomb but Wheeler. All they can see is an empty truck. The world goes black. So all she did is delay the inevitable in the end? For, for now, yes. Well, she, she stopped this from oh. being like it. <laughs> She has to suffer so much. I hope, honestly, a part of me, as much as I love her, I really hope she died here because she suffered too much. She she deserves her hero's rest. Let someone else take up the torch. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely another 12 or 13 series. out of 10 for me. Initial... I want to give the whole series like a 12 or 13 out of 10 in general. It's a fucking amazing series. I love Probably the comeback of there is no anti-memetics division, like I said in the first one as well, quite a bit. That's all she has. It's so sad, Tim. Are you there? Yeah. Sorry, I think you keep cutting out for me. No, I just didn't That's fucked up. Oh, this series hits different. Everyone, please, like... Obviously, you should check out everyone we read, but especially fucking make an effort to find Quantum's author page if they have one or wherever. If there's anything, like, check out their work or support them if you've got the means to or something. Like, this is fucking amazing. I cannot believe this person isn't more... Maybe they are talked about and I just don't know because I'm going through SCP blindly. But I feel like this should be up there with, like, the fucking Cactus and Tanoni and Roger names, yeah? Quantum is... I would probably put Quantum above me in terms of knowledge, usually. Okay, that's good. It's probably just because a lack of my knowledge of the community. That makes me feel a little better, because this is fucking amazing. This was an absolute home run, and uh, a very fresh and different take, because the way articles are structured, you can only do so much with them, but by making these the series a tale, they can go so much further with things that wouldn't have been able to logically fit in the article because of how anti-memetics work, mm. and... I don't know, it's just amazing, and I feel like these deserve way more attention and upvotes, and... Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Maybe really good, yeah. But tell me now, Tan, who would win, Starfish or whatever 5,000 is? The, mm, mm, I can't say that without disclosing what 5,000 is. Alright, fair enough. I would say it would be very interesting. I think 
the starfish might win, though. Okay. Interesting. Oh, so is that all you got for us today? That is today's um, today's menu, yes. And we've just about reached an hour exactly with that. What did you say? We've you keep about... cutting out for me. I don't well, know what's going I don't on. Know. I don't know. Well, we've just about reached an hour exactly with that as well, so uh, that's pretty good timing. An hour exactly, you say? Yes. Well, I think this whole, this whole series taught me one thing, Tan. What's that? Honestly... In in the long term, like in the greater scope of things, who who the fuck cares about Michael? Exactly. <laughs> it's Let's like, just leave this loser keep, to the anti memetic worms. You keep talking about Michael, but you trill Let's just leave this loser to the. Let's just leave him to the anti memetic worms. No! Stay back! You're not the real Tanhony! You're not Tanhony! <laughs> Actually, the gimmick is I've been talking to not Tanhony the whole time. The real Tanhony is the starfish. The real Tanhony was a normal guy, and then I took him over and started a podcast. <laughs> hmm, so you found out. Well, not Tanhony, before you kill me, can we before you stab my eye out, can we at least read the comments? Yeah, of course. I just imagine that alternate version of, like, your last first day with some video game, and when she gets the last room, like, the wall collapses and murders the starfish, you have to fight it. I have, n- <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue what you just said. I'm just going to listen back in the final recording. Oh, man, why is it cutting out so much? I don't know. It's not doing Did it talk, talk, not fix you. your internet? It's you. It's your fault. Maybe. I don't know. I was talking to people earlier. It wasn't cutting out. Your internet's too bad. Smile. My internet's so good. It's not. Quick. Fucking A, though. Yeah, before you stab my eye out, please let me read these comments you if you don't mind. You only need one eye to do that. No, please. <laughs> read it. Oh, man. All right. So, <laughs> I like this one. Uh, first, Twisted GD writes, I had an extremely funny comment, but it seems I don't remember it. <laughs> um... Jacob Cooper says, oh, I see a five-sided starfish in the near future. <laughs> like next episode, you were right. Ooh. Lang Lim says, the Antimimetics Division series is legitimately one of the best things to come from the SCP wiki, honestly. Absolutely 100% agree. I feel like it could even just work, even with no changes, just on its own. <laughs> Even if you didn't know anything about Yeah, SCP. it doesn't even need to be a part of SCP. You could take the story you and, even like, have to change Foundation anything. is a vague... Yeah. yeah, Foundation's a vague enough term that you could just fucking make it work. Um, uh, Candy Queens asks, and this is an interesting question, Tan, are you going to do anything for the anniversary of discovering SCP? Because um, our anniversary is on March 10th, so that's less than two months away. I'll have a think about it. I, didn't, I wasn't going to, but uh, I might. Yeah. I don't know if our episode will line up exactly that because of how the thing works, but maybe like a stream or a special thing on the server. I don't know. Yeah, we might do like our special reading. We might not. Yeah. Oh, you know what we should do? What? We should, um, we should go through Tanhony's, we should do 5,000 on the anniversary, maybe. I don't, it, it depends on where we are. All right. Well, we've only got about five or six more episodes till we get there. We'll see. We'll see. We'll um, see then. Uh, let's see. Next, we have. Um, 
Maria J. Bayari says, Suggestion, SCP-2951 is written by DJ Cactus, and I think it's a really interesting article. Uh, Dr. Asimov, Asimo Radio, says, Always stoked to see a new upload by you guys. Keep it up. Thank you. Shy Thalia says, Oh, I thought Grey was a fae, lol. OMG, you actually read my comment out loud for this episode. This was unexpected. Random fun fact. The Vulgan's 049 voice became the official 049 voice in the original Containment Breach game. That's cool, I guess. I already knew that, but... Because um, I know everything that goes on Daniel... in SCP. I'm, like, on top of it. I've got my you finger do? to the pulse. And I can stop Platt Pulse if Daniel... I don't want to. Can I... Yeah, why don't you stop your pulse now and show the audience before you stab no, my I was, eye? I was seeing... I can just... I have my pulse to the finger of, like, the SCP fandom, and I can stop it if necessary. Oh, <laughs> you can stop the SCP wiki yeah, with a single I, push. Like, yeah, it's like Thanos. This guy wrote one five thousand article, and all of a sudden he thinks he's the Thanos of SCP. <laughs> you don't even have an overpowered OC like, doctor character. All the other five thousand contestants are like in a field, and Thanos comes out with his entry. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> what would the what would the fucking okay? Un- unless they're all SCPs we've already read, what would be like the seven Infinity Stones of SCPs? Like, what would be the seven SCPs you'd collect to get all the powers? Zero, zero, five, one, the key. <laughs> of course, to unlock anything. Um, the, the the pills that heal anything. Right. Um. Definitely six eight two, so you never die and can yeah. kill everything. Well, do I get the powers of them? Or do I like have them on my side? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, 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 you get their powers. Oh, they like the them. SCP disappears and you get their powers. Okay, okay. So six eight two is a definite one. Able, give me some weaponry. Absolutely. Would you take five fifty five so you could erase people's memories? Yeah, because then they can't remember me. Actually, yeah, we have fifty five. Exactly. All right. How many stones are we at? Like five or six? A five, I think that is. So there's one more. Um. Why do I th- keep thinking there's seven Infinity Stones? Because it's like a round good number. Yeah. Uh, um, for the last one, uh, why don't you tell us, viewers? Ooh, there's a good question for next week. And then the last comment I want to read uh, from Daniel Zackheim. Fun fact, Introductory Antimimetics was the first tale in the Antimimetics Division series I read. You can imagine how much of a mindfuck the ending was for me. Also, what do you mean you haven't read any quantum SCPs? You've read two other you've two other episodes on quantum SCPs, don't you remember? Now that I think about it, shouldn't you be on episode two hundred by now? This isn't even my computer. This isn't even my house. Darnell, Tanhody, help me! These aren't my kidneys. Mmm, fifties time. Die. <laughs> There's only one man who can stop SCP three one two five. I have to call him. Boop 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 boop. Bring, bring. Who's he calling? Hello? Green Goblin? Oh, do I yes. have to do my Green Goblin voice now? Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ha! Spider-Man! Listen, Green Goblin. Ha <laughs> ha! Die! <laughs> I know we've had some different... <laughs> Take my Goblin gloves! <laughs> no, I can't handle the Goblin on! <laughs> uh, so that is Why the impenetrable bit which is born from us. From from me watching Spider Man from <laughs> home, and then which didn't even have the green goblin um, in it. To be fair, that's fucking Tanhony. I want an art of like Tanhony's guy, like on the green goblin disc with the gun, saying "Gobble gobble." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bizarre because that movie doesn't even have the green goblin in it. 
Gabo, 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 <laughs> Spider Man. And that's when the audience that plays the laugh track on the episode. Whoever's <laughs> uh, if you do have a laugh track, I wouldn't be unhappy to hear it now. If you don't, don't. <laughs> but don't don't put any effort into getting the laugh track because I don't care that much. Yeah, yeah. Just if you happen to have one installed on your, just, if you want to laugh into your mic, and just play that. <laughs> All right. Um, so. Yeah, other than that, check out um, Aetheral Space, as always, and please leave a review on Royal Road if you enjoy it. Seriously, please. that series is the fucking bomb. We're not just shilling it because it's Tan thing, Tan's thing. It's, like, actually good, and I want to propel Tan into authordom. Uh, like, publishing, getting published, I mean. He's already an author. And then, um, if you like people having their eyes stabbed out, you may also like Oyasumi Poon Poon, in which case you may want to listen to Good Morning Poon Poon. Maybe, maybe. Um... And what else is going on? Uh, I don't know. Is this the part where we end the episode or talk about our real lives? Um, I don't know. I, I, I like how we like drum some hype, so I might just like lie about some stuff now. Okay. Uh, we're going to be on the Conan O'Brien show for an interview soon, so check that out. Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, I, actually... I was actually invited to the White House recently um, at the inauguration to sort of give a little speech. I, I'm sure you all saw that. Well, of course you were invited. You're the one who's becoming president. <laughs> of course. You have to show up, Tanhoney, to the inauguration. Uh, also, I would like to say that we have killed Jimmy Kimmel and replaced him with an industry plant. Uh, you will not notice the difference, but it will be your demise. <laughs> well, anyway, that's it. I'm out of bits now. I don't even know if I had any, because most of them were me just referencing Spider-Man mm. incorrectly. In that case, I think we should say goodbye to the viewers. Remember... Uh, the password this episode is just tell us what the seventh or the sixth Infinity Stone is in terms of SCP, and then you comment whatever you want. I don't know. <laughs> well, without further ado, hello. <laughs> just kidding. Bye. Bye.